Thank you for downloading this episode of Software Gone Wild, a podcast focused on everything software defined. To get more episodes and explore other SDN and network automation resources, visit sdn.ipspace.net. Welcome to a network automation episode of Software Gone Wild. In the last few episodes, we've been talking about data center routing. It's time to go back to the automation goodies. And today we'll talk about another new kid on the blog because we don't have enough automation tools. So David Barroso, well-known guest on this podcast, has decided to start another one. With me today, to keep me honest, are the usual Nick Braglio and Chris Young, who I guess will manage to insert SNMP into the discussion without any good reason. Hi, Nick. Hi, Chris. There's always a good reason for SNMP. Going to have to disagree with that. David brought with him another guest that I already had as a guest speaker on my Building Network Automation Solutions online course where he did this great presentation about how he started his automation journey, but because not everyone has access to that material. Welcome, Patrick Ogenstadt, and do summarize that to our presentation in 30 seconds. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. After doing things manually, I basically got sick of just working in that kind of way. So I started looking for ways to improve the way I was working and then one thing led to another. And um, yeah, now, now this is an um, interesting area for me. And today you're working on all sorts of crazy automation things like automating Cisco ACI deployments, right? Yeah, I mean, when you come across something, basically, I don't really care that much about the different products. It's just more how people are working with them. Most things you can improve the way how you're working. Thank you. David, we had you on the show a zillion times, so everyone knows who you are. By the way, for those of you who are really new to the show, David is the guy that is guilty that we have napalm. My only question would be, what are you doing these days? Well, so I've been working now for more than two years at Fastly, which for those who don't know, it's a CDN. And basically there I'm doing all sorts of crazy stuff mostly trying to merge software and networking as much as possible and making sure that the application can actually decide how to route traffic and automate deployments and all that sort of stuff. And Fastly is that company with the awesome CEO that rants about Linux kernel, right? Well, he rants about everything that is broken and turns mm -hmm. out that our industry is mostly broken. So, yeah. <laughs> Linux kernels, SSDs, not knowing what how things work. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to include a few of his videos into the show notes just for extra enjoyment factor. Yeah, this is this one. It's actually really, really good. Oh, I haven't seen the SSD ones. Okay, I'll look at them. So David, a while ago, we started talking about this project of yours called Brigade that is yet another network automation tool. So let's start with a very basic facts. What is Brigade and what can I do with it? Brigade, in the most basic form, is a Python framework to deal with collections of data. So you have your data, whatever that is, 
we're going to be talking in terms of network automation. So we're going to use network terminology, but it could be literally anything. So let's say that you have network equipment, then you have groups of network equipment by, I don't know, data center role or whatever. So you can just handle your inventory in any way that you want. You can assign data to it. And then you just define simple tasks for individual elements. And then Brigade just does all the heavy lifting of gathering that information, multiplexing that simple task that you write for one element to all the devices and making sure that the right data gets to the right job. So basically all the multi-threading, all the, all the parsing data, all the spreading data, all, all that stuff gets done for you by Brigade. Okay, I have to ask this question, although I think I know the answer. There are like four major tools already being used in network automation with Ansible and Salt being the most common ones. So what's wrong with them? Why did you decide to write another one? So I wouldn't consider Salt in the same category because Salt is a way bigger tool. So it can do way more things and it has also a different paradigm. I would say that it's very, very, very close to Ansible. And when I was writing Brigade, I actually started writing Brigade as a response to trying to do something with Ansible that was getting super hard to write, super hard to read, and even harder to troubleshoot. So I hate to make comparisons because I don't want to pretend that this is better than some other thing, but Brigade is very, very similar to Ansible with the difference that it's pure Python. You don't have to write YAML. You don't have this tool that reads that YAML and then translates that to actual Python code. You're just writing super simple Python and Brigade does all the heavy lifting. So in Ansible, we would specify what we want to get done in this interesting, weird, domain-specific language that uses YAML as the presentation layer and relies heavily on Jinja 2 to get anything at all done. And in your case, the framework would be doing approximately the same things as Ansible framework would be doing, but instead of writing that domain-specific language code, you would write Python code. Yeah, that's correct. That means that you get all the goodies that you would get with Python, meaning that if you are using like, I don't know, like PyCharm or, or some sort of other ID, you can get like code completion as error check-ins, the Python debugger, like Flask, like everything else that is also good for Python is good for Brigade because Brigade is just yet another Python framework. Okay, so to joke a little bit, what you said was, if I have to write a special Jinja 2 filter or Ansible module for anything I want to get done, why don't I just drop the remaining 5% and just use pure Python? Yeah, you're right. Like it's pure Python, which means that if something can't be done by Brigade, it can't be done anyway because it's just pure Python. One quick question, Jinja 2, because there's some things, network devices have crappy APIs, if you can even call it an API. So Jinja 2 is still a Python-based templating language that could be consumed in Brigade, or are you looking at something different for the templating? No, you need to template things, just use Jinja 2. I just, just said, use Jinja? Just, yeah, I mean, it's just a Python library, so that's the preferred mode to use for that, yeah. But, but then if you wanted to use some other templating language, 
it would be very, very easy just to use that one instead. As there is a Python library for it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Regular expressions and string substitution. Awesome. You can even concatenate <laughs> strings if that's what you want to do. I mean, I'm not saying that you should, but I mean, you want to do it, you can. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So assuming I am marginally interested at this point, what would you expect the learning curve to be? Obviously, if I'm already a Python programmer, well, there will still be a still steep learning curve because I know nothing about networking. But if I'm a networking engineer, how quickly could I learn the skills needed to get something working with Brigade? I would say it's the same learning curve as any other DSL-based tool, actually, because you're going to probably start by looking for examples that are doing something similar to what you're doing. Then you're just going to start by just copy-pasting that thing. And then it's just a matter of maybe replacing a, a few things. Like we are aiming this tool to be like super simple. If you don't even know Python, you should still be able to do simple things. And then it's just a matter of building on that. Like, oh, today you write like a, I don't know, like a 10 lines of code that uses Brigade and Napon to retrieve your configurations and backup and back them all up, right? So, oh, yeah, that took like 10 lines of code. Now I want to push it to, to GitHub. So now you can start Googling like, oh, I have this string that I got, I got somehow else and I want to push it to GitHub. So you get from Stack Overflow like a recipe for that, just copy paste. So I don't think it's super hard to, I don't think Python is a super strong requirement, at least not to be a Python expert. Obviously, in the long run, you will want to learn Python if you want to do more complex things. But to me, the main point here, and Patrick will probably agree on this, is that you have to learn something, right? Regardless of if it's a YAML-based DSL or if it's Python. At least if you're learning Python, you're learning something that is broader that you can use for way many other things. While if you're just learning this DSL, it's useful in that domain only. That's the domain-specific part of DSL, right? <laughs> so basically what I just heard... You know, as someone who programming is not my core competency, but I've done things like, let's just say I'm an engineer that like has gone and learned a little bit about Ansible and a little bit about Salt and whatever else, you know, and sort of dipping the toe into the automation world, you know, is maybe a little bit tentative about, oh, I don't know, development skills. What I just heard was that you're saying Brigade does not necessarily require you to jump in as a hardcore Python programmer. You can ease into it, and by learning how to use Brigade, just as a side effect, you will gain a fundamental Python development skill. Is that more or less what you just said? Yeah, correct. What I want to say is that I don't think it's more difficult to learn Brigade than to learn Ansible Result. It's just that for some reason, people get super scared when they hear like, oh, it's a programming language. Sure, what you are doing with Ansible, Salt, or Puppet, or Chef, you're learning a DSL that it's actually Turing complete as well. So it's also a programming language. It's just that you're calling it YAML or whatever, but it's still a programming language. So I don't think that the learning curve is, is different from any of those tools, to be honest. That's one of the things that does is off-putting to you know engineers that maybe don't have a development background. And I think it's important to point out what you just said, is that you're learning some kind of development framework either way. Another thing is if you just look at the Python code 
starting with some basic examples, it's actually quite easy to read and it almost reads as English. Just looking at a few starting blocks at what, what would be required to run a task, it's not that different compared to a DSL. And then, of course, it can get a lot more advanced, but it also depends on what you want to do and where you want to start. And I think an advantage of that is you're learning Python by accident, which has so many applications in other parts. Like that's how I started learning Python way, way like years ago was, which is weird for me now because I still feel like I don't know anything. But I started with trying to just automate a real simple task for a network device and found myself recently doing like customizing Madam A skills with Flask frameworks. And I don't know when that happened. It was just a byproduct of the other learning I was doing, which was more focused on a specific task. And I think that's more useful for networking engineers is for us to get away from the CLI and start embracing and looking at this bigger world. Yeah, having a purpose is key to learn anything, not only Python. What we are trying to do with Brigade is to kind of like break this complexity barrier, which is like, oh, how do I get all this data? How do I do all the multi-threading? How do I make sure that this thread has this code for this particular host and with the relevant data for that host only? And then the next thread, the next host, blah, blah, and so on and so forth, right? So that's what Brigade is trying to do. So we're trying to break this barrier of complexity so people can focus on like, oh, I want to get the, I don't know, the interface information and just save it into a file. I don't know, for compliance reasons, for whatever. So that's the thing that we're trying to do. Just make sure that people can focus on what they want to do for a particular host. And then the rest is just done by Brigade. So to get a little bit more specific, I'm guessing that A, you have some wrapper around this task that needs to be done. And the wrapper would do all the multi-threading stuff and connecting to network devices and collecting data from the data model or data store or what have you. And then within the task, you would have this rich library of routines that you could call like Napalm getters that would work with the device and gather data from the device or push configuration to the device or what have you. So how far off am I? You're pretty close, mostly because we kind of copied the Ansible model because there is nothing wrong with Ansible per se. I mean, it's just that I wanted to have more control. So I kind of rewrote it like very big quotes in Python. So you have like an inventory and you can have many plugins. One of them is actually an Ansible inventory plugin. So you can read the same YAML files that Ansible can read. Another one would be like an SLT inventory, for instance. If you want to use an SLT, you can use that as well. And then you have like plugins and the plugins is just reusable code. So a plugin could be, for instance, like Napalm getters, as you were saying, or it could be like a NetMiko send config or Napalm load configuration. And those are the part that you only have to care about. Like, oh, I want to run on all the devices that are in the data center A, just connect to them and run this Napalm getter or whatever. That's the only thing you have to care about, like say against which devices, and what plugin to run. The good thing is that because it's Python, you don't need per se a plugin. You can run any other code that you want to. Like if you have a plugin, great, because that means that it's just like three lines for you. But if you don't have a plugin, you can either write it yourself or you can just pass any arbitrary code that you may want as well. So obviously there's going to be an affinity just because you're you for Napalm, but it's really cool that you've allowed 
other plugins and other people to be able to just extend this beyond Napalm and, and just use any Pythonic interface that they want. What are the benefits? I'm assuming there's got to be some extra goodness that you get when you run Napalm using Brigade. Is that true or? Not no? really. Something I'm trying super, super, super hard is to make sure that the core is agnostic from the plugins. So that means that whatever plugin you write should feel the same regardless of if I write a routine myself or if you're writing it yourself or if someone else is writing it. Like I want to make sure that the core has no business logic at all because that's one of my main complaints with some other tools that core modules have some goodies that third-party modules don't have. So I've been trying very hard to make sure that's not true in Brigade. Well, that Napalm is integrated into Brigade, but it's not really a part of it. Yeah, it's just a plugin. They, they live in a different folder and everything. And if you look at the code, you can see that the code is almost the same for Napalm, for Miko, and for any other. Like nothing that Napalm requires, that plugin requires, lives in the core of Brigade. And that's very important to me. I want to make sure that there's this super clear demarcation because in the future, if someone else says, wants to write a plugin, I don't want that person to be limited because I made some business decision to make Naple be integrated into the main core. I also want to make sure that people understand that this effort is independent from Naple. Obviously, it's the same maintainer, but it's a different organization that is dealing with Naple and with Brigade. We did that also to make sure that we didn't discourage any sort of collaboration. Like you have your own network library. Sure, just send a plugin. Like we, as Brigade, we don't really care. Like we have NetMiko plugins already. And if someone has like F5 plugins or whatever other plugins, they're pretty much welcome and they will feel exactly as any other Napalm plugin. On the other hand, we want the plugins to be testable. So, I mean, if there's some F5 device, as long as we can run some kind of tests against them. Okay, so does that mean that you are trying to test the plugins against the actual, probably virtualized network devices? Not exactly. So uh, this is specifically to Napalm and NetMiko, actually. So in the case of Napalm, Napalm has a capability to run uh, what mocked devices. So they are not real devices, but they have hard-coded certain functions, so I can actually test code against them. I know if I have broken something or not by just being able to do that. The only thing is that I completely hard-coded that myself, like the call-response behavior, I mean. And that's good for testing. In the NetMiko case, because NetMiko can interact with Linux devices, what we are doing is test NetMiko against containers that we can just spin up on the CI pipeline run the plugin against those Linux containers, and if that works, that means the plugin works. Ah, so you're not testing the actual network devices. You are preparing in advance the expected behavior of a network device, and then you are mocking that with Napalm or with NetMiko or with the containers. Yeah, correct. If I'm running show running config or show version or show interfaces on a Cisco device, and I can just copy paste that into a file and have like a fake device that, oh, I got this call. I'm just going to return this. Yeah, it's not really a test of the network device. It's more that the plugin works with the, the other library. So we're testing that the plugin works 
for against napalm or netmiko. Yeah. That's what that's important to understand is that you're, and I'm assuming you're just using mock, the standard Python mock library. We're no? using a different uh, technique, which is called doubles, because I prefer that. A double okay. is when you create a library that behaves like the original one, but you always control that behavior, but it's the same. Okay. Uh, it's the same idea. So you're going to be testing known output from a specific version of code that you captured in time and captured into a text file. Whereas if the vendors, so if you're using NetMiko, for instance, you're grabbing worst case scenario, again, CLI output screen scraping and, and trying to parse it using TextFSM or whatever. If the vendor changes that sequence or the CLI output, the library could still fail, although it's passing the tests. Yeah, but then it would be NetMiko what is failing. In this case, what we are testing yep. is, is not NetMiko. It's the plugin that connects with NetMiko. So this is kind of like, what's your boundary here? What's your responsibility? My responsibility is that the plugin works. I'm going to test the plugin against a known version of NetMiko that works. If NetMiko breaks, that's something that they will have to deal with. Then we call Kirk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And he's also involved with Brigade, like all the plugins for Nandik, obviously he wrote them. He's been reviewing also my work and giving ideas and feedback. So yeah, there is a close relationship here. Okay, so back to the basics. We've been mentioning a few names. So who is behind Brigade? Who is working on it? So I've been doing most of the work myself. Both Patrick and Kirk have been doing contributions as well and also reviewing all my work to make sure that it made sense because I have my view of the world. That doesn't mean that it's the correct view. <laughs> so they've been also making sanity checks that, yeah, this makes sense, it doesn't make sense. So they've been helping out a lot with code reviews and contributing plugins, fixes to the core. So, so yeah, it's been mostly the three of us so far. I'm guessing that you are not doing this just to bring peace to Middle East and, you know, save the world. <laughs> so why are you developing Brigade? What's your goal in getting this done? I started writing Brigade because I was super frustrated. I was trying to build like a tool using some other DSL-based tool. So I was trying to write this tool that would make changes on the network and then it would start just imagine this. I have a, a virtual version of my network and I want to connect to a set of devices. I want to do a set of changes and then I want to connect to another set of devices and verify that the intended changes actually happen. Like if I'm changing a routing policy, I should be able to see on the end devices that the prefixes are coming now with a community that I set on the edge or I don't know, a different local prep or different AS path, like things like that. Using the rest of the tool, it was super, super hard for many reasons. First of all, because it's a complex workflow. So there is a lot of if, else, when, blah, blah. So when you have like this DSL-based language, like it grows insane and you start to read it as like, I have no idea what I'm reading at. I mean, this is impossible to understand anymore. It was also awfully slow because if I required a lot of data to be passed around. And usually these DSL-based languages, they have to serialize and deserialize a lot of data. So when you're talking like hundreds of thousands of data points, that becomes awfully slow. And it was literally impossible to troubleshoot. Like, 
oh, is, this is not working. Is it because my code or is it because what I'm testing is actually failing? Like there is no tooling to actually debug in real time this sort of software when using DSLs. So that was actually why I started working on Brigade because I realized like that maybe rewriting this in Python, like this framework in Python would have like a very steep curve in the beginning, but I figured that in the end it would kind of fail. And it did. Like now I can just use any troubleshooting logging tool and I get things just like clear very, very, very fast, like PDB, logging, whatever you name it. Like there are plenty of tools to, to troubleshoot Python. So that was the first use case. And then since then I've been mostly doing anything that requires interacting with many devices with just this, with Brigade. And Patrick, how did you get pulled into this thingy? I think originally, it was well over a year we started talking about it. I started, or the real version I started using after the Napalm Hackathon when uh, David launched the tool. I actually needed something just like this because I, I was doing a brownfield discovery for a client and I needed to connect to thousands of devices and just try to figure out what they were running, what kind of devices they were. And I've done most of my work with Ansible and if I'd tried to done would have tried that in Ansible it would have taken a really really long time just to connect to all of the devices and keep track of the data and now I can just write some small Python snippets which does exactly what I wanted so it, it was very valuable yeah network discovery with Ansible is interesting yeah yeah, I think Patrick was doing some testing recently. You can probably tell it better than I. But yeah, I, the, the template speeds that you did? Just did a simple test to generate an inventory which had about 1,000 hosts and then just run one test with Ansible to generate the configuration for these hosts. And that took about six minutes. And then I ran it with Brigade. And it took five seconds instead. And that's just to generate the text file before sending it out to, to the devices. You see this both when you're actually sending it out to the device, but then just when you're developing a playbook or a runner, you kind of spend a lot of time to just waiting for something to complete. Okay, now assuming I want to try this thing, where should I start? Obviously, you can go to the main repo, which is brigade-well, it's on GitHub, brigade-automation slash brigade. There you should be able to, to find a link to the read the docs page. And there is a tutorial there. I want to create a new repo with recipes to do various things because I think that's, as we were talking before, like a lot of people is going to come without Python backgrounds, I want to make sure that they can just see like the common use cases, copy paste, do small changes, get comfortable with it. So yeah, I mean, the GitHub repo would be the, the main starting point. We also have the Slack channel, the Network to Code Slack. So if there's any questions or you, someone needs to get any help to get started. So one thing that's kind of floating around in my mind is one of the advantages of of Ansible and, and Salt and Stackstorm and others is that you could 
at least in theory, you could create a single playbook to be able to deploy your containers, do your versioning controlling on your servers, applications, potentially some storage stuff, and bring networking into that as well. Does Brigade have maybe not all of those, the tool sets built around that right now, but at least it sounds like it's got the capability to go in those directions and it's not yeah. network specific? It's certainly not network specific because a plugin, which is what we call the reusable code, can be anything because it's just Python code. It's been more like all the plugins that we have right now are network related because the core developers right now is what they deal with. But you could literally do anything at work. I'm mostly using it for interacting with network human and host to do various things. So that's what we have. But yeah, you could do anything. Like it's Python. That's the beauty of it. But we don't have that capability yet because it hasn't been written yet. It's not the problem you're trying to solve right now. No, but I mean, if someone comes up with a, like someone comes with a PR with a plugin, like we'll be more than happy to merge them. Like, oh, I brought this thing to instantiate, like, I don't know, Docker container. Like, sure. I mean, that's really great. <laughs> so in theory, you could automate anything, including my coffee machine. In practice, you focused on networking so far. Yeah, so, I mean, I like explaining Brigade as a framework that works with collections of data, regardless of what the data is. Like, we are talking about network devices and hosts because that's what we are using it for, but it can be anything. Like, I don't know, like, you want to organize your DVD collection and push them to the cloud or rip them or whatever. Yes, yeah, sure, you can probably use Brigade for this. I hope you have a really good machine with many cores, but... You can deal with any collection of data. And what we provide today, just because lack of time and because focus is network-related plugins, but the plugin can be anything. As long as it can be written in Python, it can be anything. Yeah, but most of the discussions has been around the core now because the, the plugins are really easy. So as soon as we need the plugin to do something else, it's really simple to add. Yeah, the other concern I would have when using a brand new tool like Brigade is how stable is the whole thing? I mean, I've been burned by Ansible's many attempts to get networking automation right and having to rewrite my playbooks like four times already to cope with their changing ideas how things should work. So how stable do you think this stuff will be? The reason why we are having this podcast today instead of six months ago is because it's exactly because of that, because I was still working with the core API and I didn't want to make like a huge pause of this and then change the API and piss everybody off because all of a sudden all the old code was broken. So yeah, I hear what you're saying and that's why we it took this long to start announcing the first stable release. At this point, I don't think that the main API will change much because We've been doing a lot of tests and we feel that is uh, sane at this point. So yeah, I don't think that should be a huge problem starting actually this week, which is when we are planning the first stable release. So the insanity is going to be in the plugins. That's the point, right? You don't want to break the core, like yep. what's going to hurt. Like, sure, like you can evolve plugins, you can add new plugins, but the core should be stable so you don't break anything that's already in production. A solid, predictable foundation. Then, Sounds like a sound strategy right there. The reason why we don't want to put that many stuff in the... Okay, yeah, just remove that part because it was completely off right now, sir. 
So it, it sounded like someone wanted to contribute in a Snampy plugin a bit later. <laughs> I happen to know you've already got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we have two SNMP persons on the show. <laughs> I'm more in the proof of concept stage. <laughs> well, with any luck, it will it will degrade you anytime you try to use it. <laughs> yeah, you could actually write the code to make it fail on purpose, like every five times, just to get people away from SNMP. Oh, they do that on the server side. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of the protocol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we got the SNMP question in, <laughs> let's wrap up this brief update. David, Patrick, if people want to get in touch with you and try start to kick the tires on Brigade and ask you questions when they run into troubles, how can they reach you? Well, I'm always on Twitter at Dibarroso P. That's with two R's and one S. Most people get it wrong for some reason. Otherwise, if you go to the Brigade repo on GitHub, you should have like instructions on how to reach us on Slack or or by email or whatever your preferred method is. Yeah, I'm uh, Network Lore on Twitter, and uh, other than that, it's on the repo. And if people want to ask SNMP questions, Chris, where, how can they reach you? Network Lore on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> At Netman Chris on Twitter, please don't ask me those questions. Nobody knows the answer. It's just, it's cockroaches and Twinkies and SNMP. At the end of time, it will still all be there. <laughs> finally nick how can people reach you oh i don't know i'm all over the place uh twitter at braulio blogging at forwardingplane.net occasionally hanging out with the cockroaches <laughs> aren't we all okay we're not going down that path and i'm Ivan pepelnyak and you can find me on ipspace.net or follow me on twitter as at ios hints still and you've been listening to a short update on a new network automation tool called Brigade. And now I hope that the next thing you'll do is you'll go to the repo, download it, and automate something with it. Have fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Software Gone Wild. If you want to learn more about software-defined networking, network automation, and related topics, visit sdn.ipspace.net and explore our courses, books, webinars, and podcasts. Yeah, this was interesting. During the podcast, I was able to get Brigade installed and start fiddling around with it. So it's pretty, entry level's pretty low. I'm in the read the docs. Yeah, it looks very easy to get into. Yeah, I'm hoping so because I don't know. It bugs me a lot every time, especially. I mean, I understand everyone deals with a lot of this type of engineers. Like, oh yeah, but Jamal is easier. Like, no fucking way. Like, you have no idea what you're saying. Like, Jamal is not easier. It's horrible. It's terrible. Just add two if statements, and you will see how it's not that easy. Yaml is easier if you create a Python dictionary and then export it from Python. I can't even yeah. deal with it. You have all these conditionals and for loops and the YAML file, and then from being very, very easy, it gets a lot harder. Well, let's just say that uh, YAML feels to me like a basic on ZX Spectrum. <laughs>
Yeah, I know. I mean, sometimes writing YAML, I feel like, oh, I wish this would be just a bash script. Don't get me started on bash scripts. I might turn into your CEO. <laughs> Don't make me pull out all my Perl stuff. Now we are talking. Yes, that's, that was a sweet language. I can handle Perl because I can do it any way I want and then never remember how I did it and have to do it again the next even, time. Even while you're it. It. Oh, that's happened. That's happened. I will say that Perl is like a hash function. You can write it, but you can never read it back. That's not terribly inaccurate. And, the draw and, and, I always had to Perl was that, you know, I, by, by training, I went to art school, right? So I don't like structure. And <laughs> that explains Perl, yeah. Completely unstructured. I could do it any way I wanted and then pay for it later in spades. Oh, so you also like NoSQL databases. No, I just hate all databases. <laughs> and Yvonne, you do need to check out uh, the SSD rant. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that talk is so good. Oh, so, and by the way, David, I don't know if I told you this, Napalm now has mythical pixie dust in it. Oh, how so? I was at a show recently and doing the day job. Yeah, look at this software automation stuff. It's great. And the guy's like, no, just do Napalm. And I'm like, really? So and I'm, I'm trying to be nice. And about the fifth time, he's just like, no, Napalm. And I'm like, no, Napalm's not going to come up with all your variables for you and your IP addressing scheme. Like, it's good, but. <laughs> and I, I'm actually, you know, I'm not proud of this, but I actually name dropped you. I'm like, yeah, when I was talking to David Barrasso, the author of Napalm last, you know, he said, and the guy went, oh, okay. And just backed off. So it's the end nowadays is software defined Napalm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 